Part two, section five of the Age of Reason by Thomas Paine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The sublime and the ridiculous are often so nearly related that it is difficult to class them separately. One step above the sublime makes the ridiculous, and one step above the ridiculous makes the sublime again. The account, however, abstracted from the poetical fancy, shows the ignorance of Joshua, for he should have commanded the earth to have stood still. The time implied by the expression after it, that is, after that day, being put in comparison with all the time that passed before it, must, in order to give any expressive signification to the passage, mean a great length of time for example it would have been ridiculous to have said to the next day or the next week or the next month or the next year to give therefore meaning to the passage comparative with the wonder it relates and the prior time it alludes to it must mean centuries of years less however than one would be trifling, and less than two would be barely admissible. A distant but general time is also expressed in the eighth chapter, where, after giving an account of the taking the city of Ai, it is said, verse 28, And Joshua burned Ai, and made it an heap forever, a desolation unto this day and again verse 29, where speaking of the king of Ai, whom Joshua had hanged and buried at the entering of the gate, it is said, And he raised thereon a great heap of stones, which remaineth unto this day, that is, unto the day or time in which the writer of the book of Joshua lived. And again in the tenth chapter, where, after speaking of the five kings whom Joshua had hanged on five trees, and then thrown in a cave, it is said, And he laid great stones on the cave's mouth, which remain unto this very day. In enumerating the several exploits of Joshua, and of the tribes, and of the places which they conquered or attempted, it is said, chapter 15, verse 63, as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the children of Judah could not drive them out. But the Jebusites dwell with the children of Judah at Jerusalem unto this day. The question upon this passage is, at what time did the Jebusites and the children of Judah dwell together at Jerusalem? As this matter occurs again in the first chapter of Judges, I shall reserve my observations till I come to that part. Having thus shown from the book of Joshua itself, without any auxiliary evidence whatever, that Joshua is not the author of that book, and that it is anonymous, and consequently without authority, I proceed, as before mentioned, to the book of Judges. The book of Judges is anonymous on the face of it and therefore even the pretense of wanting to call it the word of god it has not so much as a nominal voucher 
it is altogether fatherless this book begins with the same expression as the book of joshua that of joshua begins chapter one verse one now after the death of moses etc and this of judges begins now after the death of joshua etc this and the similarity of style between the two books indicate that they are the work of the same author but who he was is altogether unknown the only point that the book proves is that the author lived long after the time of joshua for though it begins as if it followed immediately after his death the second chapter is an epitome or abstract of the whole book which according to the bible chronology extends its history through a space of three hundred and six years that is from the death of joshua fourteen hundred twenty six years before christ to the death of samson eleven hundred twenty years before christ and only twenty-five years before saul went to seek his father's asses and was made king but there is good reason to believe that it was not written till the time of david at least and that the book of joshua was not written before the same time in the first chapter of judges the writer after announcing the death of joshua proceeds to tell what happened between the children of judah and the native inhabitants of the land of canaan in this statement the writer having abruptly mentioned jerusalem in the seventh verse says immediately after in the eighth verse by way of explanation now the children of judah had fought against jerusalem and taken it consequently this book could not have been written before jerusalem had been taken the reader will recollect the quotation i have just before made from the fifteenth chapter of joshua verse sixty three where it is said that the jebusites dwell with the children of judah at jerusalem at this day meaning the time when the book of joshua was written the evidence i have already produced to prove that the books i have hitherto treated of were not written by the persons to whom they are ascribed nor till many years after their death if such persons ever lived is already so abundant that i can afford to admit this passage with less weight than i am entitled to draw from it for the case is that so far as the bible can be credited as an history the city of jerusalem was not taken till the time of david and consequently that the books of joshua and of judges were not written till after the commencement of the reign of david which was three hundred seventy years after the death of joshua the name of the city that was afterwards called jerusalem was originally Jebus or Jebusi, and was the capital of the Jebusites. The account of David's taking this city is given in Second Samuel chapter five verse four, etc. Also in First Chronicles chapter fourteen verse four, etc. There is no mention in any part of the Bible that it was ever taken before, nor any account that favors such an opinion it is not said 
either in samuel nor in chronicles that they utterly destroyed men women and children that they left not a soul to breathe as is said of their other conquests and the silence here observed implies that it was taken by capitulation and that the jebusites the native inhabitants continued to live in the place after it was taken the account therefore given in joshua that the jebusites dwell with the children of judah at jerusalem at this day corresponds to no other time than after the taking of the city by david having now shown that every book in the bible from genesis to judges is without authenticity i come to the book of ruth an idle bungling story foolishly told nobody knows by whom about a strolling country girl creeping slyly to bed to her cousin boaz pretty stuff indeed to be called the word of god it is however one of the best books in the bible for it is free from murder and rapping i come next to the two books of samuel and to show that those books were not written by samuel nor till a great length of time after the death of samuel and that they are like all the former books anonymous and without authority to be convinced that these books have been written much later than the time of samuel and consequently not by him it is only necessary to read the account which the writer gives of saul going to seek his father's asses and of his interview with samuel of whom saul went to inquire about those lost asses as foolish people nowadays go to a conjurer to inquire after lost things the writer in relating this story of saul samuel and the asses does not tell it as a thing that had just then happened but as an ancient story in the time this writer lived for he tells it in the language or terms used at the time that samuel lived which obliges the writer to explain the story in the terms or language used in the time the writer lived samuel in the account given of him in the first of those books chapter nine is called the seer and it is by this term that saul inquires after him verse eleven and as they saul and his servant went up the hill to the city they found young maidens going out to draw water and they said unto them is the seer here saul then went according to the direction of those maidens and met samuel without knowing him and said unto him verse eighteen tell me i pray thee where the seer's house is and samuel answered saul and said i am the seer as the writer of the book of samuel relates these questions and answers in the language or manner of speaking used in the time they are said to have been spoken and as that manner of speaking was out of use when this author wrote he found it necessary in order to make the story understood to explain the terms in which these questions and answers are spoken and he does this in the ninth verse where he says before time in israel when a man went to inquire of god thus he spake come let us go to the seer 
for he that is now called a prophet was before time called a seer this proves as i have before said that this story of saul samuel and the asses was an ancient story at the time the book of samuel was written and consequently that samuel did not write it and that that book is without authenticity but if we go further into those books the evidence is still more positive that samuel is not the writer of them for they relate things that did not happen till several years after the death of samuel samuel died before saul for the first samuel chapter twenty eight tells that saul and the witch of endor conjured samuel up after he was dead yet the history of the matters contained in those books is extended through the remaining part of saul's life and to the latter end of the life of david who succeeded saul the account of the death and burial of samuel a thing which he could not write himself is related in the twenty-fifth chapter of the first book of samuel and the chronology affixed to this chapter makes this to be one thousand sixty years before christ yet the history of this first book is brought down to one thousand fifty-six years before christ that is to the death of saul which was not till four years after the death of samuel the second book of samuel begins with an account of things that did not happen till four years after samuel was dead for it begins with the reign of david who succeeded saul and it goes on to the end of david's reign who was forty-three years after the death of samuel and therefore the books are in themselves positive evidence that they were not written by samuel i have now gone through all the books of the first part of the bible to which the names of persons are affixed as being the authors of those books and which the church styling itself the christian church have imposed upon the world as the writings of moses joshua and samuel and i have detected and proved the falsehood of this imposition and now ye priests of every description who have preached and written against the former part of the age of reason what have ye to say will ye with all this mass of evidence against you and staring you in the face still have the assurance to march into your pulpits and continue to impose these books on your congregations as the works of inspired penmen and the word of god when it is evident as demonstration can make truth appear that the persons who ye say are the authors are not the authors and that ye know not who the authors are what shadow of pretense have ye now to produce for continuing the blasphemous fraud what have ye still to offer against the pure and moral religion of deism in support of your system of falsehood idolatry and pretended revelation had the cruel and murderous orders with which the bible is filled and the numberless torturing executions of men women and children in consequence of those orders been ascribed to some friend whose memory you revered 
you would have glowed with satisfaction at detecting the falsehood of the charge and gloried in defending his injured fame it is because ye are sunk in the cruelty of superstition or feel no interest in the honor of your creator that you listen to the horrid tales of the bible or hear them with callous indifference the evidence i have produced and shall still produce in the course of this work to prove that the bible is without authority will whilst it wounds the stubbornness of a priest relieve and tranquilize the minds of millions it will free them from all those hard thoughts of the almighty which priestcraft and the bible had infused into their minds and which stood in everlasting opposition to all their ideas of his moral justice and benevolence i come now to the two books of kings and the two books of chronicles those books are altogether historical and are chiefly confined to the lives and actions of the jewish kings who in general were a parcel of rascals but these matters with which we have no more concern than we have with the roman emperors or homer's account of the trojan war besides which as those works are anonymous and as we know nothing of the writer or of his character it is impossible for us to know what degree of credit to give to the matters related therein like all other ancient histories they appear to be a jumble of fable and of fact and of probable and of improbable things but which distance of time and place and change of circumstances in the world have rendered obsolete and uninteresting the chief use i shall make of those books will be that of comparing them with each other and with other parts of the bible to show the confusion contradiction and cruelty in this pretended word of god the first book of kings begins with the reign of solomon which according to the bible chronology was one thousand fifteen years before christ and the second book ends five hundred eighty eight years before christ being a little after the reign of zedekiah whom nebuchadnezzar after taking jerusalem and conquering the jews carried captive to babylon the two books include a space of four hundred twenty seven years the two books of chronicles are an history of the same times and in general of the same persons by another author for it would be absurd to suppose that the same author wrote the history twice over the first book of chronicles after giving the genealogy from adam to saul which take up the first nine chapters begins with the reign of david and the last book ends as in the last book of kings soon after the reign of zedekiah about five hundred eighty eight years before christ the two last verses of the last chapter bring the history fifty-two years more forward that is to five hundred thirty six but these verses do not belong to the book as i shall show when i come to speak of the book of ezra the two books of kings besides the history of saul david and solomon who reigned over all israel 
contain an abstract of the lives of seventeen kings and one queen who are styled kings of judah and of nineteen who are styled kings of israel for the jewish nation immediately on the death of solomon split into two parties who chose separate kings and who carried on most rancorous wars against each other those two books are little more than a history of assassinations treachery and wars the cruelties that the jews had accustomed themselves to practice on the canaanites whose country they had savagely invaded under a pretended gift from god they afterwards practised as furiously on each other scarcely half their kings died a natural death and in some instances whole families were destroyed to secure possession to the successor who after a few years and sometimes only a few months or less shared the same fate in the tenth chapter of the second book of kings an account is given of two baskets full of children's heads seventy in number being exposed at the entrance of the city they were the children of ahab who were murdered by the orders of jehu whom elisha the pretended man of god had anointed to be king over israel on purpose to commit this bloody deed and assassinate his predecessor and in the account of the reign of manaham one of the kings of israel who had murdered shalom who had reigned but one month it is said second kings chapter fifteen verse sixteen that manaham smote the city of tipsha because they opened not the city to him and all the women that were therein that were with child they ripped up end of part two section five